0: I'm Becky, and welcome to another episode of the Salty Mums podcast, where we explore motherhood from a Christian perspective through women's stories and wisdom to help us remain the salt of the earth in today's culture. Welcome back to the final episode of season two of the Salty Mums podcast. And um, if you've been one of our listeners from the beginning, Well done for keeping going. I really hope you've enjoyed this season as much as I have done. I've had so much to to digest and absorb from all the guests we've had, who've talked to us about such a big variety of topics, from mental health to pornography to having twins to leadership skills to um, have I said climate change? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just been such a good season for me and such a privilege to to record. Um, And if you are a first time listener from this episode, make sure you go back and listen to lots of episodes. Uh, There's lots of topics that you might not think are particularly relevant to your personal circumstances, but this podcast, as well as um, being there to help support women who are going through similar circumstances to to the various guests, I one of my greatest hopes for this podcast is that we learn from each of the stories how we can better support one another. You know, whether it's people we know um, or people we're yet to know who might go through similar circumstances. So, make sure you catch up with uh, all the episodes if you can, and also make sure to share episodes um, amongst your friends via WhatsApp on on social media you know, it really does help us reach a wider audience. Anyway, for the next couple of months, I will be taking a break from the podcast. Uh, I'll still be on social media. So, um, and I'll be planning season three, during that time and starting to record it too. So if you have any suggestions of guests or topics that you'd like to see in season three, please do send them away. I've got it about half full at the moment, but that means there's half of it yet to fill uh, and I've got some ideas, but it'd be great to hear from you as to what you want to hear. Now on to today's episode topic, I'm leaving you with a subject which very few of us plan as mothers but many end up in and um, that's the topic of single motherhood, or single parenting and I'm really pleased that the guest that we've got today is not actually in the midst of uh, the (laughs) hardcore years of parenting, can I say that? (laughs) But she's been through it all and done it and has a grown up child and I think that's really important for this topic because i think one of the fears that many single parents can have is the impact that will have on their child but um in in the long-term future but um becky can reassure us that it can all be okay in the long term and and how we can get through that so um yeah i've got becky sedgwick on who's from parenting for faith i'll introduce her properly in a minute um but Uh, I really encourage you to check out Parenting for Faith as well because they have a super podcast uh, which is a bit more sort of parenting focused rather than motherhood focused. Uh, They have some great guests on there, some of who have been on on our podcast as well and um, they're kind enough to invite me and Helen onto their podcast in the summer as well, which is lovely. So I won't hold this up any longer. Uh, I recorded this episode absolutely ages ago in the summer so it's really lovely to be able to release it to you now so enjoy hi
1: becky hi becky great name (laughs) just saying
0: absolutely absolutely um only the best people called becky um and with three friends called becky then i can say that as well um (laughs) how are you today
1: really good the sun is almost shining it's definitely not raining and uh, yeah so it's got to be better than the weekend hasn't it
0: absolutely yeah recording this uh 25th of july and um it's it was a bit of a deluge the weekend wasn't it
1: (laughs) yeah very much so
0: and summer's just like i
1: think it goes back to the summer holidays as a kid and you're like oh it's raining it's miserable and i still although i have to work through the summer holidays now bad um I st- there's still this expectation that somehow there should be blazing days
0: absolutely. every day <laughs> absolutely do you know we always talk about the weather in the instructions the of podcasts? podcast it always comes back to that we're proper brits on this podcast <laughs> yeah we can never not talk about it. it's either too hot or too wet or whatever anyway so becky you are the local parenting um for faith coordinator is that right
1: I think they've they've changed my name to resources oh,
0: coordinator. Resources coordinator. <laughs> so before that, you worked as a children and families worker for nine years. Yeah. Um, where you ran parenting for faith courses. Yes.
1: So I um I've got a bit of a checkered past. So I've at various points I worked. I started work at the Bank of England in the city. Oh wow. And then yeah, that was great fun. Men in pink coats at the door and stuff like that. And then since I had this like, like a lot of mums, you you end up getting jobs that fit around your kids. rather than a career so I worked um for a small company and then I worked I was 10 years admin officer in a primary school which was fab and then I became the children youth and families leader at my local church which I did for ages and then I started work for parenting for faith so yeah
0: awesome and you're a mum too
1: I'm a mum I've got Hannah who's um very old she's almost 30 now which I don't like to say unless I was a child bride it makes me incredibly old
0: Excuse me, I'm 35. It's not very old, but. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me old. <laughs> so, you've come on to tell us a little bit about being um, a single parent today. Can you tell us a little bit about life before becoming a single parent?
1: um I was very conventional, I guess. I got married at 24 and had every intention of, you know, I went into it thoughtfully. It wasn't a rush thing or anything, you know. I had every intention of, of building a, a good, strong marriage and potentially a family. And I I recognised that marriages have to be worked at. And, you know, I was prepared to do that. So, I was, you know, I was just an ordinary person. And then um, Hannah was born. So, and about a year later, all began to fall apart, really.
0: I'm sorry about that. But um, what were the biggest difficulties in those early days of...
1: Um, for us the separation process was particularly tricky because uh we weren't living in the UK so we were living abroad and then there's all sorts of legal stuff about that but it meant that the the sort of time from deciding it was time to leave and going was a year which was quite tricky um wow. also my daughter was very young so yeah it it was tr- it was probably very tricky when you're in the middle of it all um and then I had to come back to the UK. No money, no home. Had to come back and live with my parents, which wasn't terrible, but not yeah. what you dream of. Um, and I think then just the the adjustment of of how I was um, was a process as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Can I? Ima- I can't imagine. But um, were, were you were you a Christian at this point? Were you involved in a church?
1: Yeah, I was a Christian. I wasn't particularly involved in a church. Um, in the country we lived in but i just i just remember I've got this vivid memory of um it was so hard to to feel god at that point i think sometimes we have those times and was, it was just everything up in the air it was at one point i wasn't even sure i'd get custody so it was quite a fearful time but i was just Knew I had to hang on to the truths I knew about God—that He was good, He was fair, He was just, He was my Father, He was there. But I just remember um, every night after I put my daughter to bed, we had a, a house with a flat roof, like a Jesus house, and I used to go and stand <laughs> there, and I didn't have any words for God, and I couldn't find any comfort in the Bible or anything. But th- th- it was really interesting. The only thing I could remember was the chorus that we used to sing as children: um, "Jesus' love is very wonderful." And it was the chorus that goes, "So His love is so high, you can't get." under it so no so high you can't get over it so low you can't get under it so wide you can't get around it and it was really interesting because all i knew was that his love was so big that whatever happened i was within it and uh, it was it was such a profound thing that a child's song at that point was the, the way god was able to communicate with me but yeah it was tricky and it, you know and my family were abroad it was they were back home and they were supporting me in the process but you know it, it was a
0: fairly tough year, I think. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> to fear the capital T. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting what you say, because there's a lot of times that I've done this podcast and talking to people at, in those darkest times, and they say it's it's in that absolute brokenness, that absolute moment of, yeah, you almost can't find the words um, yeah. or and where people find that sort of well there's no, there's nothing left to trust but jesus is there yeah. um yeah and um that's a that's a really beautiful testimony so you, did you find church your faith a help or a hindrance in those days i mean you, you talked a little bit about how
1: oh, it, it massively helpful because um it was the big stable thing god was the big stable thing it, the world it was like He he was this calm centre, and the world was complete whirlwind around him. But I never felt that I was caught in the whirlwind. You know, I was, but you know, I was able to hang on to something in the middle of it. I don't know what I would have done without God. You know, but it just gave me this sense that whatever happened, because you know, when you read the Bible, it's full of people in chaos. It's you know, David's Psalms are all about I'm in the pit, and and you know, sometimes people use the Bible. And they say, oh, look, um, cry out to God. He will answer your prayer. God is the answer. And sometimes we're in the middle. And it was those Bible bits about being in the middle, which help you know that, yeah, there is is an answer one day. Things will change one day. But while you're in the pit, God's sitting in with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not even that he's sometimes changing things, is it? It's that he's just sat with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and what about the church? Did it, did you find the church in any way practically help you or
1: No, because it was
0: um you were abroad, it, weren't you? It was abroad, yeah. so I yeah. wasn't
1: I will I kind of went to church. I probably would have talked about it because, you know, where we lived everybody knew everybody and it was a bit awkward to say yeah. the least. But uh, yeah. No, but God was God did the job.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And how did you deal with with talking to your child about what was what was happening
1: i didn't and partly because she was very young and partly because i didn't know how to Uh, we've done a lot of talking since so a lot of debriefing a lot of like questions and you know she got to a point where she wanted to know everything and i'm like there's that awkwardness isn't that you don't want to lie but you don't want to tell everything so then they work out half the story and then you've got to process that with her this is her dad we're talking about and you know the relationship with her, so, yeah, so we've done a lot of of talking about it over the years and kind of come to a place where I think she understands you know, and it is what it is that's a, a phrase in our house it is it, it is what it is, you know, sometimes we just say okay that's that's what it is, yeah so yeah, so we didn't really process the time. um I, maybe I could have done I could have helped her a bit more, but I didn't have words for it,
0: yeah. And because 'cause we're talking sort of getting on for thirty years ago, yeah, and I think now, especially with social media, and this is the good side of social media and blogs and the internet, is that there's so much more information to help you deal with those things, isn't there? there's sort of there's now a whole websites about talking yeah, to children yeah. about about these about divorce or separation and um, and also, I'm guessing was divorce still quite a big taboo just generally then or
1: no I, I don't know I think it's really interesting because I've always been part of church and I grew up in church and church was like I think when I was growing up it was it was a massive taboo even in society so I remember when I was in year four a child in my class her mum got divorced and we had a special talk about it And then a special talk two years later when she and mum got remarried so this child would have a new surname. So it was unusual. I think abusive or bad marriages were just as common. Um, But there was definitely, for me growing up in the church, a sense that, you know, marriage is forever and it's a bad thing. Um, Personally, I've never had a problem with the church about me personally. I think there's wider kind of things the church needs to think this through. But... um, You know, there are small things, but basically I've always just been a person with a child rather Mm. than than anything else. I think some churches have different theologies about marriage. I did wrestle a lot with what does God say about divorce and separation and is remarriage adultery and and all of those things. I had to process that. Um, But personally, I did feel, although I didn't feel guilty or ashamed of what I'd done in leaving, I felt, I did feel terribly guilty about it with God and ashamed and like for a few years like we were, I used to call myself a second class family, we weren't a real family and Mm. I think that's also something a lot of people can feel because particularly in a church where um, you are either surrounded by happy families or people who are pretending to be happy families.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely that's really yeah that's right really, it's it's yeah especially if you've got a child who you're taking to the family service every week as well i guess um i mean we, we at our church we have a an, a 915 service purely for families and obviously that includes lots of single parent families but um yeah i suppose marriage and happy families can be held on a bit, a bit of a pedestal
1: at wow. times One of my personal bugbears about church is I spend a lot of time kind of like looking at churches and websites and things like that. And one of the things I've realized and I absolutely get so cross about is the church either idealizing or even idolizing marriage. So you can go, you know, why does some, this may be controversial, I hope not. You can go on to find out about church <laughs> leaders. And the first thing you talk about is a spouse who's not a church leader and their three gorgeous children and their cockapoo. And you know and many churches if you go on most websites for churches, I would say the vast majority don't say, Hi, I'm Jane and I'm the church leader and you know, you'll find me deep in the book of Revelation when I'm not walking my dog. It'll be all about the family and the spouse and everything else. You'll also get it a big Um, church festivals where the the speaker comes on with their spouse or the church leader with their spouse and it's really interesting really subtle because i think god's ideal is that children should be raised in a a happy healthy two-parent family of course it is it makes sense um but actually the reality of the bible is that i think you probably probably can't even think offhand of one functional family in the in the bible you know everyone was a mess you know or there was widows and orphans and there was babies born out of wedlock there were concubines the whole thing was messy and horrible yeah. and but we've forgotten to talk about the reality of marriage in that and we've and so i think it coming back to my own experiences for a little while i'm like well am i disqualified from leadership um you know can i do i have a, a voice here or am i somehow disqualify because I don't tick that box and I've walked away from a marriage that wasn't working. And um, yeah, I I think the whole thing is fascinating. There's also a whole theology of family, which we don't teach. Uh, you know, who does God prioritize in the Old Testament, in the Bible? He says, widows and orphans and those who are brokenhearted. He says, do the right thing. You know, he he's not interested in, um, in the rich and the, the successful. He's saying, you know, who are these people who I'm closest to? It's it's those who are having a tough time.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and there's a there's a whole thing about this, isn't there? You know, we we've kind of slipped into affirming marriage, but maybe gone a little bit too far or not provided balance on the other side about what's it like if that isn't
0: what's happened. Absolutely, and and it goes across the spectrum in a sense isn't it because and that's partly one of the the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast was because we don't often talk about the messy bits of of family life of 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 marriage because marriage is tough it's really tough You, you know and and I mean we got married very young and essentially I mean I was just 22 my husband was 23 and um we had a big challenge in the midst of that of uh, losing our first daughter and it's been really really tough mm-hmm. to to grow with that and um to grow together and um you know we just don't talk about that as as churches you know we talk about like you say important well I don't think we even always like obviously talk about the importance of family it's just like a subtle message isn't it like you say yeah, in the, yeah. Um, and, and it, it is
1: this thing the my man- Big hey is to is to discover a church that presents leadership as the main criteria for a leader is to be happily and successfully married. And it you know, it's once you've once you've spotted it, you'll see it everywhere and you'll be like, Why? What what's yeah. because um we did a, a parenting a, for Faith podcast, I think, with Kate Walton on singleness and it was just like, Oh my goodness, singleness is isn't a, a kind of a just an odd thing over there. The it's a choice for us. You might want to remain single or be single, you know, and that's something God honors us whoever we are, our marital status is not the most important thing about us.
0: Yeah. Do you think? Do you think singleness is treated a bit differently with men and leadership? Because then,
1: or oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. I think well, single men in church get snapped up more quickly, don't they? <laughs> well, they're... yeah.
0: I'm just meaning from a leadership perspective as well, because there is I. I did my field degree at Oxford and um, I was one of the strange undergraduates who was with all the ordinands. <laughs> there was 12 okay. undergraduates and then the rest of the college were ordinands in the Church of England. And there was still quite a lot of young single men, you know, being pushed out. I mean, a lot of them have married since, but um, and maybe that says something. But um, no single women too being ordained, but that's a whole other story. Yes. But... <laughs> Um but yeah, I just wondered if if um single men in leadership are, are viewed differently to single women in leadership. I don't know. So I don't know. Just throw that thought out there to the <laughs> So how what kind of things can we do then to better balance that sort of you know, affirming that it's good to be married, that there are yeah. benefits to marriage, but also affirming other families what right
1: being real about family life and i think stories parenting faith we're massive on stories you want stories um you know we talk about testimonies at church you know, and very often they are kind of like i was sick and now i'm healed or this person was in need and god provided but there's also the very important stories of the middle stories like i'm still sick but what's god doing is so powerful because not many of us have the necessary the neat happy miracle ending you know and I think just share stories of, of ordinary people you know maybe somebody will listen to this podcast and go um you know here's something I say and go oh I'm okay I'm really okay
0: yeah. you know
1: and that's massive you know so share stories about the reality of family life support families well um for me another real big bugbear is don't clump together single parents so um I remember when I was a children families worker I was like heard of a church that is single parent family ministry and they did brilliant it was brilliant so they would um sort of turn the church over for a couple of days and they'd have mechanics in they'd get people servicing bikes they'd have hairdressers and, it, and it, it was wonderful but then i reflected actually i wouldn't have needed most of those things because i, I one of the things we used to do is go on holidays for single parents when i when my daughter was younger because holidays are hard when you're you know if you are the only parent you don't want to dig sand castles 24 hours a day believe you me You know, so going somewhere with other people is great. But I realised the first one I went on, there was somebody who was incredibly wealthy. There was a widow. There was um, people with one child, people with six, people with additional children. There were people who loved being single, people who chosen to be single, parents. And there were people who hated it with every fibre of their being. There were people whose lives were very comfy and okay, and there were people who struggled every day for various reasons. You know, and we're no more a group than anybody else in the church, but society likes the label lone parent, single parent. and its I think it's really unhelpful in church context, that to be mean. honest. We're not a clump. Um, and because you can't apply one set of kind of, thinking around me as, as to somebody who's maybe newly widowed or somebody who you know if, if, if you're somebody who deliberately chose to have a child and become a single parent or maybe you're an adopter or fosterer um, you're not going to have kind of the emotional issues somebody else might be experiencing so you can't say this is what all single parents need and whitewash it Um, yeah. we're, we're all very different and I think one of the loveliest things about my church is I always felt I'd be known as Becky first as a person in my own right, rather than being labelled.
0: Absolutely, and and do you think? So, do you think there is a place for single person ministry in the sense of like having a set of, yeah, so, so having like a, a dedicated ministry, or is it just that actually we need to get better as as a body in in at just being friends with people and just you know. S- yeah just reaching out as, as friends and and the family of i crying. don't
1: i don't think there is and although it sounds like i tried to start sort of a single family get together and chat as a single parent when i was a children families worker and there wasn't much interest in it and i realized it was because in our church you know we most people were okay or they didn't kind of see that they needed it um i think i think the beauty of church is that we're family and i think if you think about us as family rather than as anything else that gives you a clue as to our behavior so we were friends when hannah was young with a family down around the corner the children went to school together and there were two parents there and Hannah used to go off with a bike and play with her friends and he used to go home and I noticed her saddle was raised or the chain was fixed and the dad was just doing this. He, well, he had his three kids' bikes lined up, he just shoved Hannah's on the end, you know, and I was so grateful because bikes I just couldn't do. And it was, but he didn't do that because I was a single parent. He did that because he saw a need and he could meet it. And, and I think, you know, and I I don't think he he knows that he did that now, but Mm -hmm. I just, I'm so grateful that you do that. And I, So I think it's um, treat anyone like an independent, an individual person. So a single parent may need a shoulder to cry on, but so might my married friend down the road. You know, I may have particular needs because I'm a single parent, like I could do with a babysitter or I don't know how to fix the boiler or we're short of cash, but then so might anybody else, you know. And I think too, one thing to remember is that in church there'll be lone parents on a sunday who are married or have a partner but spiritually a uh, spiritually parenting alone you may also have under the radar people who don't have custody and i think that's even sadder mm-hmm. i think you know because they probably get unnoticed and unsupported in that unless we start talking about it i think um any time in church when you get to become part of a group, whether it's a formal group or a friendship group, then you begin to share, don't you? And then people meet your needs naturally. So I think that's the better way. I'd much rather see a church that focused on building family relationships with each other naturally than forcing us into little boxes according, you know, you are the, the newly widowed group or you are the struggling with money group, you know, and then needs can be naturally met. And also I then get to give back as much as I'm receiving which is also important. I don't want to be the recipient of people's um, pity or uh, unconcern, like you have to help me because I'm a single parent or something. I'm just just me. Sometimes I have needs and sometimes I'll be solving your needs, you know, and sometimes I'll be cheering you up. Sometimes you'll be cheering me up. And it's how God designed it to be. Absolutely. And when church does that, it's the most beautiful place in the world.
0: Yeah, and that's just such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ, isn't it? That's exactly that's, how it's all meant to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, I think church is very best thing for a single parent, actually, for any parent. To be fair, but yeah. you know, um, I I know some churches will have different theologies and different approaches. Maybe I hope people have moved on from when I was growing up, and it was a taboo subject and something great shame. Um. But, you know, I'm just a person. I'm a single mm-hmm. parent, but that's not my main identity. And within the church, I've got stuff to give and I've got stuff to receive.
0: So yeah. I, I think... think there, the, sorry, carry on. I was going
1: to say, I think there are some, some little holes churches can fall into. So um, one of my massive ones is Mother and Sunday and Father's Day. So we had early on a really difficult, tricky Father's Day when my daughter was about six. And... The preacher went, oh, you know, dad, 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 and she ran out crying, you know, and I was so, so, red, furious, but, you know, my observation, not just as a single parent, but as a children leader, you know, Mothering Sunday and Father's Day is a wonderful day if you're a happy mum, if you're a sad mum, or you never managed to be a mum, or your mum doesn't talk to you, you don't talk to your mum. We never see your mum. This is the most painful day in the world. So why are we celebrating it in church? It's not biblical. Mm. Yeah. Father's Day is the same. It's not a biblical festival. Why are we celebrating it? You know, because those people who are happy and successful in that place are being celebrated by their family. Everybody else is just rubbing your nose in it. Okay, maybe controversial, but you know, I've got a big question mark over why we, why we celebrate things that cause such a lot of people pain. And for small people, you know, who don't have kind of the experience to deal with it, it's just like going to raise more questions or pain. Uh, you know, I know even a couple of ladies in their sixties who don't come to church on Mothering Sunday because they were never able to have children. That's oh, so sad, isn't
0: it? It is so sad, and i I can I can really empathise with that with both Mother's Day and Father's Day because we, like I said earlier, we lost our daughter. Yeah in the july so uh and then we had a a, well we had a mother's day and i think father's day was three days after our son was then consequently born but that mothering sunday you know knowing that i didn't Mm. yet have a baby in my arms is incredibly painful and um but yeah i'd never thought about it not being biblical it's it's not biblical at all yeah (laughs) how funny
1: so you can feel free to throw it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. Um what what else then is what What are some problematic um other pro, other problematic I can't speak of this one other problematic problematic practical things that church might do then for um, for single yeah. parents?
1: I think it's just a, a matter of being aware. So you've got. I just remember coming home. you, you know come home late from school or work or something with hannah and and it was six o'clock so i needed to get her tea get her in bed have a bath read her a story with only one pair of hands that's quite hard so there, there's lots of practical stuff and things like you know if the boiler bursts and you're trying to handle seven children and you know dripping thing it's some things are just harder with one pair of hands than two yeah so there are just being aware of that i think um I think a really tricky area for most single parents is the relationship with the other parent and negotiating um, sort of custody arrangements. And, 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 you know, if there's a difference in attitudes or values or faith, that's a tricky one. And people mm-hmm. may just need a bit of support without a bit of an outlet. Um, can can know,
0: that affect custody battles in the se- sense of if one parent wants, wants I to I don't I don't child. know.
1: I don't think so because I think it would have to be deemed abuse or something. But in terms of faith, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm bringing my child up as a Christian here, and then they go to the other parent, and maybe is it, it could even be a different faith, or it's a different set of values, or they're, even if just now he's allowed to watch films there that I wouldn't approve of here. So it's just that kind of like, you're no longer co-parenting. I mean, some people manage it really well, I think. Um, and there's also, for some is a loss of a parent. I mean, it's incredibly common that um, you know, we've got a family at church at the moment and dad's moved right away. The children barely see him, they grieve for him, they miss him, you know, and, yeah. and that's hard for them as well, you know. So I think one of the really interesting things I realised. So I'm like, I've got a daughter, she's got no dad at home where's she going to get and obviously not a marriage where's she going to get her role models for marriage where's she going to see a good relationship modelled? because you, she's not going to see it at home she's not going to learn from me about what to look for so <laughs> you see the thing i to look around the other and they've got a good marriage i'm like look <laughs> so they've got a really good relationship have a look and see work out why work out what they do um <laughs> because you know you're aware that you don't want You know when god talks about the sins of the father's visiting generations sometimes that's just that generations learn from each other you know Mm -hmm. so what what's going to break the pattern you know what's going to help set my daughter up to have healthy relationships and hopefully a healthy marriage one day you know and so i I was always pointing out role models and saying oh god literally look at their marriage and work out why it's so good (laughs) it's like sorry i've got to be a bit nosy um (laughs)
0: You I love how I... explicit that is, though, because, again, this is something we've talked about in the podcast, about, you know, everyone talks about modelling behaviours to children, but actually sometimes that's just not enough. You've actually got to point it out and say, no, look there, you know, or yeah. that's not okay, or this is okay, you know, sort of, um, yeah, I love I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. so, I did have to apologise to my friends. I'm like, just so you know. I think also uh, Christian Single parents can wrestle with the theological question of what's the Bible say about divorce and remarriage. Yeah. And that is hard because you can read Matthew and it says one emphasis and the other gospel's got another. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, And basically, I think you can come out with an argument either way that's sound. And I had a really interesting journey of this because I was like when I first became a single parent. I want to remarry, I want to build a family, I don't want it to be a single child, da da da, so I was like, I want to, and um, I got quite stressed about it, and uh, so one night I was literally on my knees by the bed, and I was saying, God, give me a husband, give me a husband, and he said, look in the Bible, so I opened the Bible, and I, I did never ever do this, because I opened the Bible around, and I said, the first thing I point my finger at, I'm going to know it's from God, and I, I opened it up and it's somewhere in one of the prophets. And, it, and I stabbed my finger on the page. It said, I, the Lord, will be your husband. And it was, I went, oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I felt this massive sense of relief. I thought, God's telling him we're not going to remarry. And it wasn't a theological choice or a right or wrong choice. It was just saying, you're never going to remarry. And once I kind of got over the random shock of that, it was kind of like, okay, that's fine. If that's his plan, I can deal with that. And I haven't remarried i haven't looked yeah. to remarry or or anything sometimes i think it might be quite nice but then i am like, yeah but then i wouldn't have control of the tv remote would i and, uh, <laughs> and you know so i think god's got plans for us i think maybe we need to speak to god very directly um i did that too with i remember getting really cross with god at one point you know it was a you know, single child, single parent is quite a tense relationship at the time, and we were, we were, you know, I I remember not knowing what to do or how to discipline her or something, and I just think, I remember that it said, um, you know, God is a father to the orphan, He's a father to the fatherless, and I said, what? i was so cross. I said, well, God, if you're a father, you sort her out, and then I realised that I could take him at his word on that one. So mm. I used to say to God remember coming to secondary school, I was like, we didn't have much choice where we lived at school. And I wasn't particularly happy about the school. And I said, "God, you've got to sort this, you're her dad. I, and I, I learned sometimes just to shift stuff off to him and just say, you are her dad. And even now, if I'm worried about her, I say, you're her dad. Give her the comfort she needs, or give her the guidance, or help me know what to do. Um, and that's been really helpful for me um, to say, you're her dad. You know, she needs a dad now. Can you be that dad for her? So, uh, yeah. So that's um, that's something I found really helpful.
0: Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And again, it's something <laughs> I keep hearing this this season. All the same messages in very different contexts, and it's it's beautiful how the it's all sort of interweaving. And um, uh, Amy Hughes from Trinity Nottingham, and the Orchard Women, was talking about how. Um, she maintains pastoral boundaries between people, and she includes her children in that. And she's, you know, she gives, she tries to point people towards God rather than a her, mm. so that, you know, because she's not always guaranteed to be there. Um yes. and, uh, but he, God, God is, and I thought, yeah, I thought it really matches with what you're saying, actually, and that applies for for any parenting situation, whether yeah. you're a parent or not.
1: And and I think sort of an extension of that is i had to somehow sometimes regard him as my spouse in a a sense that um it it can be really hard emotionally as as a single parent so if you're married i imagine because it's such a long time i've forgotten you know you've got somebody else to vent to somebody else to process with and you don't always and the temptation as a single parent is to put that onto your child you invite them a lot you can do it very very simply you end up Sort of letting them know too much or or sing, or children, single parents will often try and become the comfort and the support and the other adult. You know, we can talk about, oh, you're the man of the house and everything. You never say that they're the child. They need to remain the child. But then you need people to to help you do that. And, you know, you can have friends and things, but also God's there for that to rant at or to say, I'm confused. I need guidance. Um, So just say, you know, I've no idea what to do. What are we going to do? You know and god's there yeah.
0: for that absolutely absolutely i've got a couple of friends who i'm thinking we'll, we'll find this podcast very helpful <laughs> <laughs> um so what practical things as a church can they do to make life easier for single parents i'm not talking about necessarily a ministry as such but other than sort of mothering Sunday and yeah. Fathering Sunday and getting rid of that, what, especially in like when you've got a younger child, what things would have made your life easier from your child? I think
1: the thing when you've got, particularly with a younger child, is being aware of meeting times. You know, we are yeah. very fixed in a kind of 1950s. The gentlemen go out after dinner and do the, the the prayer meeting or the deacons' meeting, and oh you yeah, know, and let's be real you know time is time and you know more people work and everything it's not easy to find times but I mean online has really helped with that so you know when we're running courses now and you know people can join from the bedroom with the child in their arms you know whatever so I think there is that Um, there's some really easy practical stuff for all families in services you know encourage people to be a helping hand you know and not help parents find their comfortable boundaries you know is it church where children can run up down the aisle or is that frowned upon you know and I'm not saying the children take over you know there maybe needs to be a little space at the back where you can sit on the sofa and feed the baby or you know a pile of toys for a toddler what I used to say if I ever led a service and the children are disruptive I'm like well that's actually my problem it's either I haven't directed the children back to the parents or the children are bored you know what what are we doing to help all families and all children you know but I think For me, the number one thing a church can do for any family, but single parents probably benefit from this proportionately more, is to become a a community where you belong and where things happen. So it's not just about Sunday mornings, you know, there are opportunities to do social things. You know, have we got sort of networks where families can join in and and go down to the um, river and paddle? Or... You know, can you have just a culture where somebody stands up and said, we're going blackberry picking this afternoon anyone wants to join us? You know, so we become a family. So that there are just places to build that family. And, you know, because I've been in my church a long time, I've got friends I can rely on a hundred percent who've journeyed with me and I've journeyed with them. You know, how can we grow places that let us do that so that we don't have to think about how can we help the children or the family? We just, how can we be family together? um is really helpful and i think that's that's the main thing uh, apart from generally having sort of conversations about marriage and singleness and and family and being real and, and not labeling you know and i think in a good family i think what you'll see is under the radar there'll be people you know helping out financially for things or i think the my other bugbear is uh I think churches can still fall into trap of this. You know, people invite other people around for, for a meal or something and everybody's couples. That's interesting. And yeah. um, so just, just be aware. I think treat everybody as individuals and cultivate a family environment where people genuinely have lots of options to belong. So it's not just, oh, well, you can join a life group and it's on Tuesday. But, you know, there are a random group of people who kick the ball around on a, on a, on a, on, on a Sunday morning. I think. To for people to look out for kids to be invited into things, you know. So, you know, kicking the ball around and stuff like that. That sort of. But yeah, to become a community that loves each other, be aware of each other's needs. So yeah, I may have a particular need as a single parent, but also, and so nobody feels like the the, the recipient of everything. That yeah. this is a give and take culture.
0: Yeah that's really important isn't it because I've got mm. um an example in my mind of, of someone where they felt they were a burden because they're always being asked to things or given things and mm. and but what you're talking about as a culture where it just like you say it just all just happens it's just yeah life but, it's just
1: but within that you'll have a season maybe when you are the the recipient yeah. you know and you talk about pay it forward you know you know I would say to people but you know, if somebody's being helped them i said but everybody's helping me or they've given me some money I'm like, that's fine you know one day you'll be in a position to do the same you know at the moment you're in a season where you need a little bit of, of support maybe um that will change and and then you'll be the one who knows what it feels like to receive that and knows how to give it and then that's beautiful
0: mm, absolutely absolutely so on an individual basis, say we've got friends going through troubled marriage or divorce or widowhood. How can we be salt and light to them in in those in those like really raw early days as such? Um, and yeah, not not just necessarily. I don't think I'm just thinking practically, because I think you've covered a lot mm. of the practical things. But on a yeah, on a sort of deeper, maybe more spiritual at all?
1: I think sit in the pit with someone and I think if somebody were going through this kind of really afresh if that other if their spouse was also a member of the church, that's very tricky to navigate, you know, yeah. I haven't experienced that but that would be incredibly hard um, I think being there sitting with them um but also not treating that as the main thing about them. You know, they're still the friend who likes to play squash, or they're still the person who loves baking. They're still the person who thinks everything's hilarious. You know, you're still that person. And I think, but just be aware, and I mean, pray for them, and but be available because you might need to rant a lot or process everything. Have questions. Be a safe place. And I think the other thing I would say is that that's not the time for somebody who doesn't really know you to come in and be the pastoral expert. You know, this, this is a friend's job. It's, you know, the last thing I would want would be kind of like, I mean, there are times when you need your special pastoral person, but, you know, this is time for somebody who already knows and loves you just to pick you up for a little while. I think if that, I mean, there are sometimes practical things. We've had situations where, um, the church acted as a contact centre for a child when it was partic- for, for a breakout that was particularly nasty. Um, other people, sometimes people have been able to give a bit of legal advice or point them in the direction of something. Um, but you won't know that unless you're talking, really.
0: Yeah,
1: so absolutely. I think that they, there are there are pointers. I mean, we used to go on the Care for the Family Single Parent holidays, for example. I know Lee Abbey, we used to go there as well, you know. So, you know, there are places where you can point people to and signpost them to. Um, yeah, just just journey it, you know Sweet. and don't make out it's the worst thing in the world either. I mean, it is really bad, but you know it's not the most disgraceful thing that ever happened to anybody in the history of church
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you I mean, have you got any resources to sort of point people to that helped you work through your the the guilt that you said you felt and the wrestling that you um, did with.
1: Yeah, we got quite... I've written a few pieces for, on our website. Um, we're a very small team, so you see the same names on the bottom of most of what's written. It's just yeah. a few of us. Uh, about Some about my own journey. Uh, uh, one... Yeah, there's one particular thing that... Uh, there's nice call called it, something about in the wood. But near where we live, we've got a really pretty little wood. And it basically, it was devastated by a storm. And I, I walked the dog there the next day, and it was awful. It was completely broken. And I... I just got and said it's terrible, it's terrible. And and it it kind of transported me back to the early days of being a single parent when I was grief struck really for the dream I had for my child. So in my mm-hmm. head, she was going to have this happy family and siblings and everything was going to work out. And suddenly we were sort of homeless and penniless and you know, all up in the air. And those dreams had gone pop. And what happened with the wood, because we I had a dog at that point so I walked it most days it was over the months i saw what god was doing and like the, the broken bits of, of trees were you know pushed aside and then a year later you noticed that from the stumps there was new growth and um and the the trees that had fallen in the marsh or over the stream become pathways and safe places and and it was god was saying you know from your brokenness lots of good new things happened that couldn't have happened without the brokenness and I can testify to that, you know, having been around a long time now, you know, I've been able to walk alongside other single parents in a way that not everybody can. But God doesn't waste anything. And there's, um your life isn't what you planned. It's not what you dreamed, you know, and that's actually normal and okay. But yeah. he's, he's still walking alongside you in that and it, it may be messy and difficult, but I think sometimes in the West we get sucked into a thing that says your life should be perfect. It should be happy. It should be smooth. And actually if you look at the rest of the world, the reality of life for the rest of the world is every day is hard and difficult. And we grab the good bits and rejoice for the good bits and thank God for the good bits. And the rest is the norm. We've, we've flipped that on our head. So we say the norm is great and good and anything else is outrageous. And uh, that's not what you see in the Bible, you know? And yeah, so I think, it's okay, the other big thing I'd say is don't believe the horrible statistics you see like and anything on like children's academic progress or social outcomes for households you know that it, it'll say you know children from single parent households do worse statistically now that may be a statistic, but you know dig down into those, and there'll be lots of other things going on, and there's absolutely mm-hmm. no reason why your child shouldn't be happy, healthy, um achieve academically or or just because you're a single parent, it does not affect those outcomes at all. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I'm not saying they're lies, the statistics, I'm saying it's much more complex than that. Um
0: causation and correlation are two very different yeah. things sometimes, aren't they?
1: The other thing um, I say is I found really helpful I looked around me at church and I saw people who were further on the journey than me. So I saw some who were happily remarried. I saw some who weren't and they were still single parents and their kids were fine or their kids weren't fine or whatever, you know. But, you know, life goes on. It feels like you've come to this enormous wall of failure and unknown. But life goes on, though. You'll get to the other side of that wall and you will just be, life goes on, you know. And I think there are things you can do to um, in the early days, I think, maybe you've had to move area or you know change things you know work hard to build a network of people around you so you know that can feel hard maybe you can't get out very much but church is a great place to start you know how can you become embedded in your community what what could you make time for yourself as well you know if you can find a babysitter or do something with your kids along but try and have a life that isn't just about you and your kids so you build your own grown up relationships and, and pray actively that God will add people to your family. So, you know, over the years we've kind of adopted, Hannah talks about her second, now her third mum. We've adopted a third mum, apparently. Um, you know, <laughs> people who've become part of our family's journey and who I know I can rant at or ring or, you know, and you know, God sets the lonely in families. That's another promise from the Bible. So ask God, where are those people? you're adding to my family where are those people that um are gonna be the family I don't have anymore so yes
0: that's such a beautiful encouragement thank you for um I think that's a really good place to to finish on um so yeah thank you and um so I will share all the links to um Parenting for Faith on the show notes but it's um I've it's www.parentingforfaith.org parentingforfaith.org I've Parenting, written down .com here so I'm glad you corrected it <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and um, yeah, you can read some of Becky's articles on there I'll show she gave me a big long list of them to to look at so I'll make sure I share all those on the show notes as well and you can um, follow the Parenting for Faith uh, account on Instagram as well and the yeah. lovely Lucy on there does lots of dancing <laughs>
1: Yeah, we have a podcast as well
0: oh yeah of course so. yes which which we're on soon excitingly exactly. so. <laughs> yes and i'll definitely share that and uh, the link to that as well so um yeah i regularly point to the parenting for faith resources because it's so Thank good i'm hoping <laughs> to do the course in in uh autumn as well so the
1: online course yeah
0: yeah so. the online course yeah brilliant
1: you do this... it from your bedroom you'll be fine you don't need to leave your house
0: absolutely absolutely yeah we actually have um we, we during covid we set up a small group online which we now do every thursday and we've just kept going because it's so much easier as so much easier isn't it yeah it's like there was a world before
1: zoom yeah it was hideously <laughs> difficult and involved babysitters
0: yeah yeah difficult and expensive yeah absolutely and <laughs> um, before you go becky can we pray for you please lovely lord we thank you so much for becky we thank you for sharing her story with um honesty and vulnerability and we thank you that she has this story of redemption of how lord that you bring you bring joy and um your your light situations and 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 help from your situations situations which can seem so dark at times lord um And we just thank you for for the work that you've done through Becky in that being able to walk along single parents in a way that many others couldn't with the empathy and sympathy that she obviously shows towards them. And um, we pray for Becky's work. We pray that um, she continues to thrive in what she's doing. And um, and we also pray, Lord, for anyone listening today who's been affected by what Becky has said. Um, We pray that they know your peace and know your love in the situation that they're in right now and that um and that they reach out to you lord for whatever they need and finally we pray for the church lord may the church become a place um that definitely doesn't shame single parents in any way but actually builds them up and shows them love and shows them what family is um in the messiness of this world in your name we pray amen amen Thanks so much, Becky.
1: Thank you. It's been brilliant.
0: Bye. Bye. Remember, all the links that we've talked about today can be found on our show notes. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do remember to hit subscribe if you haven't done already. And even better, you can help us reach a wider audience by giving a quick review on whichever platform you're listening on. See you next time. Bye.